Hello, everybody. You're listening to the When in Spain podcast. What is When in Spain, you ask? Why? It's a show all about Spain, of course, Spanish culture and life here, as I'm sure you've guessed from the title of this show. I'm your host, Paul Burge, and uh, I'm an Englishman uh, who's been living in Spain, in Madrid, for a few years now. Although, actually, as I read this intro to you, I'm actually in Huelva, well, Huelva province, uh, right next to the uh, Doniana uh, National Park. But I'll talk a little bit more about that later on. I've got a lot to get through in this episode. So, coming up, um, well, in this episode, we're going to be talking about being a vegetarian or vegan here in Spain. In terms of like being vegan, how easy it is in Madrid, incredibly easy, like so easy, but obviously it's the capital, but we've, you know, traveled to other cities in Spain and other all the other major cities have been really good. So I meet up with an American couple, Sam and Veron, who run AlternativeTravelers.com, a blog all about sustainable vegan travel, including an extensive vegan travel guide to Spain. So I'm going to be chatting to them about what it's actually like to be a vegan or vegetarian in Spain these days. So stay tuned for that. That's all coming up in a moment. But before we get into all of that good foodie stuff, um, I must give a quick couple of shout outs and mentions to new When in Spain patrons. As I always do at the beginning of the episode, I like to show my gratitude to those listeners who show their gratitude uh, to me for uh, creating this podcast. And I also must make a special mention to a couple of patrons who signed up uh, quite a while ago and somehow I'd, I'd forgotten them or missed them off my list and I didn't give them a mention. So firstly, extra special uh, shout out and huge thank you to Cara Wilson and Brianna Wallace. Uh, so a bit of a, a belated thank you to you both there. And also a really big thank you to Brian Goff and Danny Wilson for recently becoming When in Spain patrons as well. Um, it really does mean a lot to me that you um, feel that the podcast is worth a little bit of your hard-earned money uh, and, uh, and I really appreciate the support and the donation. So thank you to Cara, Brianna, Brian and Danny. And of course, they're not the only ones. I think at the moment we have around 39 or 40 patrons uh, supporting the When in Spain podcast. Uh, my target is really to try and get to 50. So if there's anyone else out there who really enjoys the show, please consider becoming a patron too and signing up uh, on patreon.com. It's patreon.com forward slash when in Spain. Once you hit that website, it's all very self-explanatory and that's the place to sign up and pledge well as little as a dollar uh, and uh, varying amounts from there so if you enjoy this podcast and you want it to survive and continue into the future uh, well then you know what to do patreon.com forward slash when in spain now now, changing the subject, do you remember a while back, um, I asked you guys, the listeners, where you listen to this podcast and also what you're doing while you're listening? Uh, well, some of you have been kind enough to actually get in touch and share with me exactly that, where you are and what you're doing when you listen to When in Spain. So I must uh, give a special mention to When in Spain listener Martin Fuller 
who got in touch to say he listens to the Wedding Spain podcast while cutting the grass on Arsenal football clubs, football pitches. So, and he even sent a, a little photo through, which is in the When in Spain Facebook group, of him with his lawnmower uh, on one of the Arsenal uh, football clubs, uh, football pitches back home in London. So thanks for that, Martin. I think so far that's probably the most unusual uh, location that anyone has said that they uh, they listened to the podcast. Uh, and then as a response to that, Matan Dubnikov, I hope I've pronounced your uh, name correctly, says that uh, he listens when he's doing street photography in Manhattan. Well, wow. so for me, that sounds like really exotic. Um, and also must mention a while back, uh, Russ Knight, uh, another listener who's a member of the When in Spain Facebook group, mentioned that he listened to the podcast on his way to work. Uh, and his work is a fireman or a firefighter at the London Fire Brigade. So thanks to you guys for sharing that. If any other listeners would like to share where they listen, then please do. I find it re really interesting. Um, love to know where you guys are listening to the show and what uh, you're doing while you're listening and how it fits into your your weekly routine so do drop a message in the when in spain facebook group and you know, even better include a little photo of what you're doing or where you are when you're listening and of course i will give you uh, a shout out right let's crack on with what we're actually here for uh, in this episode being a vegan or vegetarian in spain Vegan or veggie? Now, for me, I don't know, I've heard a few horror stories uh, dating back through the years of people coming to Spain, going to restaurants, ordering a salad, sort of, you know, telling the waiter or waitress that they're a vegetarian. No problem. Uh, we, we, we can make you a salad. The salad comes out and it's got bits of meat in it or tuna or fish. And then <laughs> there's a kind of little argument about, but it's got bits of meat in it. Well, that's ham. Ham isn't meat. And I think, uh, you know, I've heard lots of stories like this. Thankfully, that all seems to have changed now. But I was intrigued to know what the food scene was like in Spain these days, if you're a vegan or a veggie. Um, full disclosure, I am not either. I am a, I'm a meat eater. Um, so to help me understand and find out more, I met up with Sam and Vera. Now, they're both full-time travellers uh, and vegans. And uh, they, well, they travel around the world uh, full time, but they really do have a, a penchant for Spain. And uh, they love Spain and they have uh, both lived and worked here as well. And they run a fantastic uh, vegan blog called alternativetravelers.com. Uh, now, coming up, they're going to be explaining how the vegan and vegetarian food culture has evolved in Spain. They share some of their advice on where to look. They talk about how they became vegans, a bit about their personal story as well. Um, and they share with us uh, a fantastic list of restaurant recommendations, not only in Madrid, but uh, in other parts of Spain and beyond as well. So anything and everything to do with vegan and vegetarian food uh, with a focus on Spain, well, 
that's what you're going to be hearing. So we recorded the interview in uh, Sam and Varen's favourite vegan cafe, which I had walked past many times but had never uh, actually uh, called in before. But we met up and recorded the interview in uh, a cafe called Chilling Cafe in Madrid's Malasana neighbourhood. So we sat down over a lovely coffee and, well, we kind of resisted the temptation of the banana bread that they make there, um, although it did look delicious, as all of their food did. So let's get into it. Uh, Just to say sorry about the squeaky door that we were sat right next to. But anyway, Sam and Varen, here they are. Sam and Veren, welcome to the When in Spain podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. Thanks for having us. We're excited. Today I wanted to talk about being a vegan, or maybe we could also touch on being a vegetarian as well. But really, being a vegan or vegetarian in Spain, you guys are both vegans. So before we kind of get into the culture of vegan eating in Spain, just give us a bit of your story, uh, your connection with Spain and and why you chose to to be vegans. We both have pretty different stories, so yeah. Um, So I moved to Spain in 2013. I knew I wanted to get better at the language basically, so I became like an auxiliar de conversación, which I think a lot of expats probably are aware of. (laughs) Um, So I did that, and I wasn't vegan or vegetarian at the time, Um, but after my first year here, I did the Camino de Santiago, and I did it the northern route for like, you know, five weeks. And I befriended a couple of vegans on the way. And so we were just talking. And like the first five days into it, I was like, I'm going to be vegetarian now. I was just like, I'll just do it. Why not? Like they're talking to me about all these reasons and stuff. So I was like, sure, you know, I'm in the middle of this pilgrimage. Like that's the thing to do. And I've been vegetarian ever since um, and then became vegan. So, yeah, that's that's kind of the shortened version of my story. Okay, and, and Varen, for you? Basically, connection to Spain is that I found out I met Sam, and then at some point she mentioned about this program. We were thinking about trying to get out of New York City and stop paying so much rent. Like, our whole lives were just being drained down the rent hole. So she put me onto that, and I was like, oh, wait, I can teach English and live in Spain and see what that's like and live in another country. So it was, like, low risk and sounds like a good time. And I had been vegan before that for quite a while. Now it's about a total of 10 years, since about 2009-2010. And what was the reasoning behind it? For ethical reasons? or Initially it was for health. Initially it was for health. And I started experiencing all kinds of benefits from eating vegan. And I was basically experimenting with so many different diets. And I was basically saying, what can I eat so that it doesn't make me feel like crap? And so I was trying different things because it's not that eating inherently vegan will make you feel better, but overall it will. I mean, you can still eat vegan junk food, but I found that certain specific foods like anything with lactose was starting to really mess me up pretty badly. So um, it was through that that I initially started kind of not consuming any animal products. Once you're not invested in animal products, you're a little more open to hearing the ideas behind veganism and so naturally I kind of went that direction as well because you know in the states you'll say plant-based versus veganism which is something they don't like here in Spain. Very different actually yeah I've we found that the vegan community scenes I guess in the US versus Spain are very different 
in the U.S., you have a lot more. You have certainly ethical like people that are vegan for ethics. Like that was, I think, probably like the biggest reason in the past. But now a lot more people are um, being aware of like the environmental impacts of like animal agriculture or like you know like Varen was saying like that a lot more people are realizing that you're like so many people are lactose intolerant. So like my background is actually in anthropology and I like through that I really learned about how like 70 to 80 percent of people are lactose intolerant like worldwide and it like depends on what you know um back what your background is like if you're like Asian you're probably 95 percent of people are like lactose intolerant it's like or like African like yeah like 95 percent and so yeah so like I think in the U.S. there's I mean maybe UK I'm not sure but um there's a lot more awareness of like different like reasons for maybe reducing like what you eat from animal products but like we're here in Spain it's a lot more just ethics like it's very strongly ethically based um is what we've experienced and I don't think there's anything like wrong with that it's just like a very different thing so there's a lot more more people are maybe involved in like going to a protest or like whatever I would say the vegan scene here is much more kind of the cultural kind of vibe behind it is that you get together, you go to this event, you go to this fundraiser, you go to this activism uh, event, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, uh, where I would say it's also very possible to be like in New York and know a bunch of vegans and never do any of those things and just happen to eat at vegan restaurants, for example. This seems to really have to do with like the social aspect of the culture here. Oh, like, yeah. no, sure. you know, like you're yeah. always doing activity, like uh, things in large groups. Yeah, I think because it's like in the UK, and I, I'm guessing it's kind of the same in the States, we kind of lost this kind of social side to eating, sitting down, taking time out to eat together, which I think is still super yeah, important yeah, yeah, yeah. and super common in Spain, you know, kind of sitting down to the table with the family and sharing. Absolutely, yeah. and, you're, and it's starting to seep into Spain too, and more and more I'm seeing places... Delivery. Delivery, but also they'll advertise to-go coffee. I love when I see, like, like it's such a novelty, like, to-go coffee. It is, though, because when I first moved here in 2013, there wasn't a single place where you could get to-go coffee and I remember coming from New York being like what is this no to-go coffee and like it's the opposite in New York whereas like you have to specify I want this in a porcelain mug please or you'll just be handed a paper cup to which is upsetting to me because I like to have my coffee in a mug and sit down and enjoy it from like a environmentally friendly aspect like there's no reason for a takeaway coffee we're gonna sit somewhere so anyway it's just so true I'm thinking back to when I first moved here and you know people would if you're walking along the street sipping a coffee people would kind of look at you a bit, a bit like you know like what are you doing why aren't you stopping to, to enjoy your coffee I actually love that like I, I I really think that I mean like we're from like New York so like obviously very busy and fast-paced and I think it's such a shame that people just like don't take a moment to like appreciate what they're having or the person that they're ha- like having a meal with or it's just always like about functionality and like grabbing something to go and just stuffing your face before you're on your way to your next thing whereas like here like just their food culture and their appreciation of food and tradition is just like on another level and I think it's I mean I really think it has to do with like I mean Spaniards are some of the longest lived people like overall and I I really strongly believe it's because they prioritize their well-being recently published just like a month 
month or two ago that they now are above Japan in terms of longevity. They're the longest lived nationality in the world now, yeah. number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How easy is, is it to be a vegan here in Spain? I mean, we can talk about Madrid, but maybe other parts of Spain where you've traveled. I'm thinking of like going out to restaurants, maybe some friends who are not vegan invite you somewhere. Tell us a bit about your, your experiences here in Spain and maybe kind of have you noticed a change in the scene? I first moved here in 2013 and I wasn't like a vegetarian or vegan then, but two of my friends were vegetarian and so we'd go out to eat and there was like nothing, like basically in Madrid. And so that's saying something because now, now it's changed so much. Now there's like, I don't even know, 30 to 40 entirely vegan restaurants, let alone vegetarian places or places that have options. So it's completely changed in the past five, six years. Like it's crazy. I mean, so being in, in terms of like being vegan, how easy it is in Madrid incredibly easy like so easy but obviously it's the capital but we've you know traveled to other cities in Spain and other all the other major cities have been really good like um, the smaller places not so much but I also feel like that's the case in most places that we've been to like in the US you couldn't go to a small town and get a good vegan meal either so I don't think it's necessarily a thing unique to Spain. Um, I did find, I think the UK is quite better about this than the US, about having vegan um, options in like smaller places. Like we saw, we were we went to um, the Isle of Arran in Scotland mm -hmm. and we, on the ferry, on this tiny ferry, there was a vegan breakfast and sandwiches and stuff. So anyway, that's an aside. But um, yeah, I think it depends on where you are. Big cities, I think it's pretty easy now. But Farron might have something to add. No, I would say, like, to touch upon your point about the what is it like to go somewhere with friends, super easy in Spain. Um, granted, because of the Spanish food not being super heavy, they don't fry everything in butter, they don't cover everything in cheese. Because of that, it's pretty easy to find something that you can eat that's vegan at places with friends you just won't have a lot of options okay so it depends on where you're going it depends on where your friends insist on eating like he even here in spain i mean in madrid spain if we decide to go out to a certain restaurant there's restaurants where there'll be nothing on the menu to make you eat unless you want to eat french fries or like iceberg lettuce you know so it, it but that would be the case anywhere i don't think that's necessarily unique to spain so there, there's there's options when you go out uh, it can be harder when you're with people and you want something satisfying, but if you if your friends or whoever you're traveling with are like open to suggestions and you being like, hey, I know a place that does really good vegan food and not vegan food, we can go try that. When you go to places that offer that and intentionally offer that and advertise that, yeah, it can work out really well for everybody. But yeah, if you just try to go to any, you know... Um, cafeteria around the corner or something like that or a lot of these bars yeah you might not find anything that you can or would want to eat also now with like um i don't know if you've heard of the beyond meat like beyond burger yes yeah so it like it's everywhere now like it was everywhere in the states now it's everywhere in spain and like so many of the fast more fast food chains are having it and stuff so i think it's like just explain a bit yeah. about what the beyond burger is yeah well maybe Baron, no 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 Baron's probably better okay so the beyond meat the beyond burger like the you may have also heard the impossible burger two different products a lot of times people who are less familiar use them interchangeably are uh, products designed from the ground up completely plant derived designed to feel like you're eating meat okay so you'll have vegans who don't like them because they're a lot like meat and then you'll also have 
non-vegans or you know people who do eat meat eat them because they they remind them of meat or and they like the idea of eating less meat for example so they're not marketed as a vegan product it's marketed and they're both american companies impossible uh foods and beyond uh meats or beyond something is the name because they make a lot of products too but these are their like flagship and beyond meat now the beyond meat burger has gotten really really widespread we're seeing it everywhere here and the whole idea is that it's a product that looks feels cooks and then tastes like you, you, you said that there are now some 40 vegan restaurants around Madrid, more or less. Is that right? At least 30. Probably 35. Maybe not quite 40. But yeah, at least 30 to 35 entirely vegan places. So you have entirely vegan restaurants. Just going back to what you were saying about sort of eating out with friends who maybe aren't vegans or vegetarians and you get invited to somewhere where it's still a little bit complicated. You look at the menu and you, like you said, you, you either order French fries or lettuce. Um, have you noticed at all in Spain or in Madrid, the, are there any restaurants that kind of cater for both? Because I know in the UK you can go to just a, a, a regular restaurant and there will be, you know, meat, fish, but there will be a vegan option, one or two vegan options, one or two vegetarian options as well. Is that something that we're kind of starting to see in Spain now or...? It's still definitely behind the UK in that respect, yeah. I mean, it's still, it's happening now. I would say in the past year, year and a half, two years, that's starting to happen because that was the big divide. It was like, you have your all-vegan places and those are great, but like that's not necessarily where someone wants to go if you're not like it's for mixed crowds it can be more like people are less open to it and I think that was the big I mean we found a few places but I think now is where that's really starting to happen I hope it continues to grow because I think that's the biggest like bar to entry for people they're like I want to go somewhere with a mixed group I don't want to you know try to ask my friends or whatever my family that I'm traveling with go to all these all vegan places like maybe if I'm on a trip or something they'll go to a couple but not every meal kind of thing so I think that's definitely still where Spain lags a bit like from the UK um, and I think the US is like probably in the middle of the two we're not on your guys level where we have like a vegan option in most places like even in New York like there's so many places where they have nothing where you would think they would but I'm really surprised to hear that actually I had no idea that so you think like the UK is kind of more at the forefront uh, than than the US. Wow, I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have uh, I wouldn't have thought so. Historically, I think that's the case. I think of vegan and the word and the society originated in the UK. Okay. I don't remember exactly right now, but I'm I'm pretty yeah, sure. Did, like the modern vegan society or whatever it was in the UK. I mean, like I think it depends where you are. Obviously, like in terms of options. But, I mean, and obviously we have way more experience in the U.S. than the U.K. We spent, like, two months in the U.K. Um, a couple of years ago. But we were just constantly overwhelmed at finding vegan options in random places. Whereas, like, I feel like that's a little harder to come across in the U.S. I mean, like, in the U.S. you do have, like, you have, like, some amazing restaurants and amazing, like, Beyond Meats or, like, Impossible Foods. And there's, like, a lot of great innovation going on. But I still think that there could be a lot more happening. Have you ever encountered anyone here in Spain, any Spanish people who maybe have, you've told them that you're vegan and have kind of been quite taken aback or surprised or shocked? It's like, oh, why would you not want to eat meat? And why would you not want to eat seafood? And why would you not want to eat any animal products at all? I mean, you know, we know that in Spain, you know, big, big seafood eaters, big meat eaters, big fish eaters kind of hold very dear to their hearts they're kind of very traditional uh, cuisine although even though that in itself is evolving and there's more fusion and other things but I mean I always think compared to the UK it strikes me that Spain is a very 
it's still very traditional in, in, in when we're talking about food in that respect. But have you ever come across any kind of difficulties or, or people who have been quite surprised uh, to, to learn that you're vegans? I th- it can be so, an occurrence that happens so regularly, not like all the time, but just as being vegan that people are, there's always going to be a mix of reactions to you as being vegan. There's people who are like, they've been exposed to it, so they're like, oh, it's nothing. Oh, that's interesting. And then there'll be people who, they get like a very, you can see it in their body language, they get a very visceral reaction, and maybe they ins- decide to be, you know, um, nice and not say anything. But I'd say specifically in Spain, it doesn't feel any more than anywhere else that we've been. But then at the same time, I'm giving Spain the benefit of the doubt because we tend to go eat at vegan restaurants. We tend to, you tend to connect with other people that are vegans. We, we don't exclusively hang out with vegans. So then, like, I wonder what it would maybe be like for someone who's very embedded in Spanish culture, not as expats like we potentially were and can be in the future, but, like, someone within a family who decides, you know what, I want to be vegan. They're like, oh, my God, I can't imagine what that might be like because I used to teach... Um, over in an area, like a suburb of Spain. Uh, I keep saying Spain, like Madrid, Spain. <laughs> like a suburb of Madrid, Via Viciosa de Don. And there, I mean, there was maybe in a, a couple hundred students that I had, like one person that was vegan, you know, and like they were just seen as like the biggest weirdo ever, <laughs> you know. There was much more vegetarians. Um, but yeah, so I think us saying that, we have to take with a grain of salt because it could probably be a very different experience for someone who's very embedded in Spanish culture where, right. where, where you deciding to become vegan it kind of clashes with who you are and your identity and those around you when very much your identity here is very much socially, like any place, but in a different kind of way, very Spanish way, like you have your group. If suddenly you can't be going out with your group anymore, I'm sure that's really difficult. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think it was also because, like, yeah, Barry was kind of mentioning, like, we moved here. We were already vegan at the time. So, like, obviously when you're trying to make friends, like, in a new place, you kind of, like, you know, search out the communities of, like, what whether it's, like, a sport or, like, whatever you're into, you kind of search out those communities. So that's kind of what we did. So <laughs> a lot of our friends here, I guess, are, like, vegan or vegetarian. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like Baron said, not exclusively, but I think that's been largely our experience. So it's probably not the experience of a lot of people. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think like like Baron already said, it's anywhere you are. We experience that in the U.S. too. So like people are just like just reacting. So I think just as it becomes more and more normalized for people to be eating different diets, it's changing. Now I was just gonna say, whenever you have any kind of like dominant ideology and then you have somebody come in who doesn't align with that there's always going to be a mix of reactions until it reaches a certain point of like how many people are now doing this and then everyone's just kind of well exposed and they're like oh that's just what you do you know so in certain areas where I'm sure there's like nobody vegan I'm sure in Spain uh, you go to a small little town or whatever it's like you might as well you might as well be an alien or something you know what I mean now you guys run your own blog called uh, alternativetravelers.com on your blog, you kind of do little city guides for, for vegans and also for low-cost low cost travel as well. Obviously, notice looking at your blog, you have an entry for Madrid and a couple of other Spanish cities as well. Um, could you give us and the listeners a couple of recommendations if there are any vegans listening to this or planning to come and visit or travel or even live in Spain? Starting with Madrid, where would be your kind of go-to places to eat? And could you give us a couple of examples of the kind of dishes that you could expect to enjoy there? Obviously not boiled vegetables. 
vegetables. No, we're we're very like when we go out. Baron's a great cook, so like when we go out to eat, like we want to eat things that he doesn't make. So like we'll very rarely eat salads out or because we eat them at home we won't eat smoothies like no smoothie bowls like whatever like it has to be something like intentionally created by a chef like you know like not like fine dining like I hate fine dining actually but like you know something that is made with intention so that's like kind of where we're coming from which isn't everyone like some people are just like I just need to eat here and that's fine Madrid there's so many so um, it really depends on what you're looking for but yeah I'll try to like if, if you were going to go and eat tonight yeah. where might you choose yeah. like how you're feeling right now what are you thinking oh i could really really feel like eating that well we're gonna go there tomorrow okay. there's a there's a place called landariac which is a basque word for vegetable right oh, wow. and so this guy that runs the place it's very it's a very intimate experience it's like a tiny little hole in the wall but doesn't look like a hole in the wall um and it, i would say it's like it's like a bistro but he serves you personally he doesn't he doesn't have wait staff he has like maybe another chef that works with him and he's like a, a trained chef i think he trained in barcelona or something like that and then eventually became vegan or something so his food is like it's next level like we normally would not end up on something like this because i feel like this kind of food would be in a much bigger classier not that he isn't classy, but like places with tablecloths, and Sam hates anything that has tablecloths on it, you know? So, like, yeah. But what he does is he kind of bridges this gap between like what is good about like fancy food, because there is a thing to ha- be said about food that's very like of a certain standard, but like Tate has no pretension in it, and he takes with you the like kind of feeling of like a home cooked meal. But he'll still have things that look like just so well put together and delicately flavored, and he's it's amazing that he's not. He's doing well, but like most, a lot of people can come here and not even see this place. And he just, it's such an experience going there, eating his food and talking with him that it's been one of our favorite places to recommend to people. He also makes cheesecake that I can, I can quote, I've seen people who are not vegan eat this cheesecake and I ask them like, honestly, tell me. He's, they're like it's amazing and I would never think that it was vegan if you told me and that's what this guy strives for he, uh, this, the chef there Julian he's very much showing you that vegan food doesn't have to be boring flavorless mushy and whatever uninspired stuff it can taste really good and everybody can like it sounds good that cheesecake um, just incidentally for the listeners I will put links in the show notes to these places that you've, that you've mentioned uh, anywhere else in Madrid yes, for you? Yeah, we, yeah thanks because we could just go on about this place forever um, yeah cheesecakes is incredible but um, yeah so that definitely um, in terms of burgers the place called Viva Burger is amazing yeah and it's um, it's one of the only one of two I think vegan places that actually have an outdoor terrace and it's in a wonderful quiet little plaza so we love to recommend that one because it's just I feel like it's such a nice experience to eat outside in a quiet area their burgers are amazing they are absolutely amazing I took some Spanish friends there well I've been a few times I think last time I went was last year actually and for some reason they had not realized that it was a vegan restaurant and they ate the burgers thinking that the burgers were meat i said you realize that there's these are not meat there's no you know no you know i can't believe it like what are you talking about what do you mean it's not meat it's got so flavorsome it's so it's, it's i said well what do you think compared to a normal burger personally for me i think their burgers have got way more flavor than your than a normal a normal burger for me and like you said it's on um, plat 
Plaza de la Paja, yeah. lovely outdoor seating area. Yeah, that's a great recommendation, Viva Burger, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think their burgers have like something like 18 ingredients or something like crazy. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're hand formed, so I like to describe these as like a very good vegetable burger. It's not trying to convince you that it's meat. Although, apparently, it did. But, 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 yeah. But it has the same flavor and richness and experience of eating a burger. It feels like rich and savory and just like it packs a punch and you like sink your teeth into it. This is not a mushy bean patty out of a can. It feels naughty. Um, And, um,. And I mean, my advice is that they're huge as well. I mean, they are big. If you, you have to go really hungry to that place. And I would yeah. say if you're you know, not that hungry, maybe get a burger to share between two. I've done yes. that before because they're, they're really filling. They're really good. So I was going to say, if you ever, one of our favorite things to do is the Menu del Dia in Spain. And if there's a, there's a place that has great tapas, but we almost always go there for the menu, is this place called Vega. It's around the corner from here, um, and I, I guess we're making a suggestion of things that feel kind of like they're great, but they all do their own different thing. And with Vega, they just have, I think the whole thing is that all their food is eco, like organic, is what we call it in the States, homemade, and then there's like another thing. I think a lot of it's very gluten-free friendly. It's very easy to go there and eat gluten-free if that's a thing for you too. But they have just a great sense of flavor and making very, if you stick to the Spanish dishes, the very Spanish-inspired or Spanish dishes, you'll be good. I, I'm, I always warn people against trying too much at a place that's not an international place to try international dishes. Not that it'll ever be bad, it'll just be Spanish sensibilities, and yet you might be a little disappointed. Might not t- like Curry won't be spicy, <laughs> for example. Curry is never spicy here. I struggle with that. Coming from the UK, like we love our curries. I mean, I think curry is our national dish now. Um, trying to get a curry that really packs a punch and even sort of say can you please you know make it really really spicy yeah yeah it comes out it's not spicy (laughs) no I think the most important thing you're coming to Spain you want to try things go for Spanish food whether it's vegan gluten free vegetarian or not any of those if you go for Spanish food they just have such an interesting simple sense of uh, flavoring and seasoning food and the way they cook and prepare foods that's where you'll get the best experience Uh, on that note another thing to recommend um, because tortilla the patata like tortilla Spanish tortilla is obviously such a traditional thing and there's quite a number of places that are making uh, vegan ones now because normally it's made with like potato and egg uh, and an onion and um, one place that we love that makes an amazing uh, vegan one is called uh, Distrito, Distrito Vegano and it's in Lava Pies and they make the tortilla on Saturdays because it's so labor intensive so they make like a few different kinds on Saturday and it's so delicious and we've taken people there vegan or not everyone loves it it's just so delicious um, it's a really tiny spot um, but you can also get the tortilla to take away and stuff like that. And so we love that. And they also have like a sister restaurant around the corner called um, La Tia Carlota. And that's like more, a little bit upscale, not super upscale, but like more, a little more trendy. They call it like a gastro bar. And they have like some great fondue and different things. Like those definitely love that place too. Um, I just want to add that the places we're recommending, these are places that impress everyone, vegan or not. And even though we have some other favorites and stuff, like there, there might be a place that, like for example, Betrese is a, it's like a classic place that people like to go to, but it's like all the junk comfort food that's Spanish. 
but made vegan. So it's good, it's really good, but it might, if you don't already have that, I've experienced this when I wasn't vegan, you might not appreciate the food as much. So the, the first things that we recommended, these are places we take all our non-vegan friends who come to visit, vegan friends that come to visit, whatever, and they all love it. They all love all the food at these places. Although I would still recommend B13. B13 is like one of, one of the first vegan, it's like a vegan dive bar, Spanish food, like all the traditional Spanish like stuff. It's ridiculously cheap. It's so popular that there's a line out the door before they even open and when it opens it's already full because the line has just so you got to get there it's so popular it's so cheap though and it's so good i st- i would recommend that to people that are interested in junk food because it's not healthy whatsoever <laughs> it's like you know it's like a fried it's like a chicken patty or like a burger or like patatas bravas or like all those kind of like more bar food things so like yeah i think it, i think it's always important as we've learned recommending food to people over the years that it's really important to realize what people are into because like I'll hear people go there and be like oh it was so greasy and fried I'm like well that's what it is so you know otherwise go to somewhere else you know what I mean so like I said I guess the disclaimer is uh, it depends on what you're into (laughs) one more recommendation then I'll stop because that was way more than five (laughs) we we actually was it okay yeah well we we did write a whole book on uh, vegan Madrid so obviously we have so much to say Um, one more thing I I would have to say that um, the vegan scene in Madrid is so diverse. That's why it's like we're struggling to recommend all these different things because there's so many great things here. Like there's two vegan donut places here. One of them is called Delish and one of them is called Bite Me. And they're both great. And I would recommend both of them. Um, And even New York doesn't even have two vegan donut places. No, they don't. No. We've we've had people who uh, I was talking to a friend and she was saying her you know they were both spanish and how she went to new york and was like ah you know actually i was kind of disappointed by the food scene there you see you assume the vegan scene is going to be huge there in new york city but she was like compared to madrid i didn't feel like it was good and we agree and we lived in new york city you know and uh there's it's just got a great scene going on here like tons of options great I mean, if you, depending on what you're into, we can give a different recommendation, you know? I think it's also because, like, Madrid is, like, such a... I always call, like to call it, like, a small, big city. Like, it's very, like, you know, you run into people you know on the street. It's pretty small. You can walk around, like, pretty easily from top to bottom, wherever you need to go. You know, so a lot of these places are way more accessible. Like, you can, you know, if you're here for a week or even a weekend, you can try way more places than, like, New York. Like, I know we keep comparing it to New York, but those are the two places. Places that we're most familiar with. That's your frame of reference, and that makes sense. <laughs> Further afield than Madrid, any other Spanish cities you visited where where you that you would recommend? Definitely. Um, we, I think we we ah oh, man. So okay, yeah, Bilbao, Valencia, and Granada were we really all of those places. I. I out of Valencia and Bilbao are definitely great. There's some really great places there. The Bilbao has a really great vegan bakery that has like the palmera, like the Spanish like palmera thing that are like yeah, that's so good. They have tortilla that's also very good. We love Bilbao. It's I love the north of Spain. It's just so green and so I, I always recommend Bilbao. It's a great place to go. And also the the vegan food scene there was really great. We were lucky. We were visiting a friend of ours who's vegan and from Bilbao. So she gave us all the recommendations. Um, Valencia was also great. 
you can talk about that. Home of, home of paella? Is there a vegan, yeah. vegan paella? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's where paella is from. And that's something we always try to stress when people are coming, when we get traffic to our Madrid resources, that we're like, okay, yeah, you can find paella here, but it might not be that good. And it might not be what it's advertised as. So we're like, yeah, if you want to know what the whole story is with that, that's from Valencia. And you have to go there and experience it there and yeah there's absolutely options for vegan paella there and really good you know with the where the rice is like really tender on the outside and has a little crispness in the center you know like yeah and you like i remember there was a place where we were staying around the corner where you could go get it you can get it to go it was like a little deli counter place for like three euros or something get like a bowl of it hole in the wall place and they just had the like different like paella pans out and like they had all the different ones and one of them was um vegetarian which is vegan because like they don't add any butter eggs or anything to it and it was so delicious so yeah valencia was great they also have a really great um vegan burger place called the Verger, which was really delicious oh, that was really fascinating because it was basically a couple's whole take on like west coast americana without ever actually going there so the whole place <laughs> the whole place was styled after what they'd imagine would be like a burger surf joint in they california and they did they did despite never have gone there it was really sweet and endearing that was the whole concept behind the place so you get fries burgers hot dogs all vegan and then also some random like cakes that are you would never get at one of these places in california but of course i feel like they're spanish they got to make cake you know? yeah yeah and then, and then granada is like because i you know a lot of people go to granada because it's so like that it's a wonderful city they got the alhambra like the albacin and we were actually like when before we went there this is like back to your point about asking but when people say you're vegan like when before we went to granada like people were like oh good luck there you're not gonna find anything and i was just like like i've learned over the years no matter where it is to not listen to anyone if they say that and they're not vegan because they they haven't looked you know what i mean so it's like you can't really take someone's advice when they haven't like looked for what they're giving advice on you know yeah, so anyway the granada we were quite surprised at and we were we were house sitting there and the couple we were house sitting for they're they're british um and when we said they we were vegan they're like because they were going to take us out for tapas because like i'm sure you know obviously in granada they give you like a big huge free tapa yeah. famous for its uh, very generous por- uh, tapas portions in granada i think yeah, probably most generous in spain right yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah for sure yeah, because you get a drink, and then sometimes there's a place that w- some places will give you a menu of what you get to choose as your free side, and it's totally possible to not eat dinner. Like, yeah. just have three or four drinks, and you'll get full on the things they give you. Yeah. But, like, the, the couple that we were house-sitting for when we said we were vegan, because like, they were like, oh, we're going to take you out for tapas to thank you for, like, watching our animals while we're away. And when so they're vegan, they were like, oh, shit, oh, where are we going to bring you? But then she started thinking, and she actually came up with, like, five great places that had options, and we were so impressed and like they were really good and um then there was there's one there's one um like all these are all places that have options so those are great for mixed crowds and then there was one like um vegan place and they had the same thing they give you you know free giant tapa with your drink and that was just so such a novelty obviously like where gives you free massive food like oh it was great so yeah we've been actually very impressed no matter where we go like in terms of larger cities in spain like we we like cities so we tend to travel to cities i mean we also like like natural areas too but i think we also just don't expect vegan food in a tiny town because i don't think you're going to get that anywhere 
anywhere, honestly. I mean, we also we also work online, so part of it is just we need to be in cities to have the access to the resources that we need and all that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna fire another quite big, difficult question to you guys. Most memorable vegan meal that you've had in Spain? Is there somewhere where you've gone and you've been like, wow, blown away um, by it? I mean, tough. It's going to be a repeat. It's going to be a repeat. Landariac is definitely one. I have like an article I wrote about the experience we had there. And yeah, definitely one of the best meals we've had in Spain and in general was at this restaurant. He just spends so much, he's a perfectionist. He spends so much time crafting everything. Like even the the tomato sauce, he has this like pollo con tomate like dish, like chicken with tomato dish. And like the tomato sauce that he makes, it's not just like he whips up some tomato sauce. It's like, you know, it's it's being simmering for hours. And at different times he adds the, the spices and the herbs because each one has to cook at a different length of time like he's just very intentional I mean he comes from a serious food background and it really shows and he's just such a lovely person so I think it's just such a great experience there so that was definitely one and then uh, I think another one memorable would be um, when we are again yeah repeat um, the Latia Carlota this restaurant in in Madrid when they opened because we became their, their first restaurant was Distrito Vegano, which I mentioned about. They have the vegan tortilla, and they also have, like, uh, Chilean hot dogs. They're Chilean, the family that owns it, mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, so we became friends with them when they, fr- they opened their first place, and we were going there all the time. And so when they opened their second place, they invited us and a bunch of other bloggers and YouTubers and stuff to, like try their whole menu (laughs) and it was literally from like 8 p.m to like 2 a.m like we thought it was going to be like a little sampling of like some dishes like no like literally for every four people we got a plate it was just ridiculous so again i guess that doesn't really help because like it's not a normal experience but like in terms of memorableness so that was great because then we could recommend what dishes to get there um and uh yeah, so I think the two of those are probably some of the most memorable. The cheesecake at Landariac is some of the most memorable dessert I've ever had. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he just, again, he's, he's just so, he has so much, like, he's so humble, but his food is just, like, next level. And I, I and, like, he was, when we last saw him, and we're going to see him again tomorrow, um, <laughs> he was just talking about how important it was to him to get a, because yeah, start, things started getting better, he kind of, like, the business was moving, and, um, and he was like, I need to get help. I need to get some. But he was so particular about the chef because he was like, to me, it was important that people could eat the food and not be able to tell if I made it or he made it. Even though, of course, though, he's showing them how to do everything. He needs somebody with that kind of, you know, intention because, I mean, there's places we go to where the food is good, but it can vary on the day. And that sometimes it depends on what cook you have. It, it, they might not be as invested in the food or they maybe don't care or maybe they haven't had the time to put it into it. And we're not talking about, like, high bar to entry kind of places these are places that like you can everyone can afford to eat at if you're visiting spain if you're flying here you can absolutely afford to experience these places and there's more fancy expensive vegan spots that we haven't recommended because despite how good they are they weren't experiences like this yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it also like it points to like what we I guess value in a food experience like for us it's Im- important to like 
um, yeah, I guess I guess I kind of kind of mentioned it earlier. Like, see the intention behind the food. Like, a place can be super fancy and this or that, but if it doesn't like have heart, I guess like we're not going to connect with it. Which I feel like maybe just goes with Spain in general. Like they're very, like you said, they're very super prioritizing their food traditions. And um, I mean, obviously, we're super like into food, and so like we really care about like someone making it and having a like a vision for it and like something that they want to convey a certain like palette or a certain you know remembering something that they ate or whatever you also mentioned you'd written a book um on vegan madrid is that right yes, yes, yes. where can listeners if they're interested get hold of uh, a copy or read that just on our website yeah alternativetravelers.com and it's on every page basically on the bottom there's a link to it or in any of our we link to it in any of our Madrid guides because we have a, quite a few articles on eating out in Madrid we have like a ultimate vegan guide and then we have like a tapas a vegan tapas guide in Madrid and then we have one to like the best minute del dia that we think in Madrid so and so yeah and then we wrote those three articles and then we're like well we still have so much more to say <laughs> we should just write a book so um, yeah we it, that came out last year and we're doing the second edition now because because the vegan scene here is constantly growing which is a great thing so yeah I mean the the major difference between our online resources which are helpful is that with the the, the guidebook is what we like to call it is that it's written has the format of a guidebook but also just a level of information and detail we can just expound on in this because when you go online even if something is an exhaustive resource it's almost like you're fighting for people's attention right right? things are constantly pulling them away whereas when you open up a book we can really dive into the scene we can really kind of explain what places do certain things best and how like maybe that might appeal to you even though it maybe doesn't appeal to us so even though we give a lot of opinions online and a lot in this book we're able to actually just give out i mean it's five times more information even in just word count compared to what we have online in terms of resources. So if you're like, I really want to know everything there is to know about the vegan scene, that guidebook acts as that. It's like, you know, we hold your hand through it. Whereas if you just want to find an index of things, of course you can find that online. Like, oh, show me a list of all the places. Yeah, like Varen said, yeah, it's like a guidebook. Like, we have, like, sections, like, you know, the neighborhoods. Like, for example, like, right now we're in Malasagna, so we'll do do a little description of the neighborhood and, like, what you can see and then the places you can eat and what to order there. Like, just, again, yeah, so much more in-depth because there's only so much you can put in a blog post before it becomes, like, people are like, okay, done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we will offer, we'll give much more personalized information, like where to go when you have friends who don't want to go to an all-vegan place yeah so we have a more exhaustive list of that and we we explain like listen you know if you want to have the best vegan food sometimes it's not at these places sometimes it is so you need to be you know you need to plan maybe a little bit a lot of people want to especially if they're coming from the states are used to just being able to get anything whenever they want it and we're like no no where to eat uh where to get vegan food when there's no food being served between 4 and 8 30 for example so we have a whole bunch of things that would just we know that kind of information wouldn't do so well online because it's like even more refined you know so yeah just it's a big huge exhaustive resource and it was a very much a labor of love we just had a lot to say i was gonna say i bet it was a very enjoyable uh (laughs) time putting putting in the research for the book no oh yeah we're doing research now with all the new places that have been opened and it's great research i mean food research you know for the most part as a whole there's been some changes in the vegan scene, like some places closed, some places open, but overwhelmingly, it's pretty. 
yeah, all the best stuff is still here. It's in like yeah, nothing has changed that dramatically. Yeah. Surprisingly, actually. Sam, Varen, thanks so much for your time and thanks for joining me on the When Is Fame podcast. I will put uh, links to all of your uh, to your blog and your materials and to the places uh, that we've talked about and that you've mentioned in this episode. So, big thank you, gracias. You're very welcome. Thank you so much. This is great. So that was Sam and Varen. I hope that that was useful for anyone who is a vegetarian or vegan thinking of coming to Spain or Madrid, uh, or indeed anyone who's thinking about becoming uh, vegan or vegetarian, or indeed anyone who's neither vegan nor veggie, but just wants to check out some new uh, restaurants and different places uh, in Madrid. I hope that was useful for you. Big thanks to Sam and Varen. Uh, just before I go, just to say a, a little bit about what's coming up uh, in the uh, future episodes of When in Spain. Well, as you can probably tell, um, the sound quality isn't quite maybe as good as it normally is. I don't know. Um, and that's because I'm recording remotely. Uh, I'm sitting talking to you now in a, in a kind of uh, hostel slash hotel, rural hotel room which is quite echoey down in Huelva province right next to the Doñana National Park uh, so that's where we are at the moment uh, visiting on holiday and as I said at the beginning of the podcast that's where we are uh, with the plan of bringing you uh, a couple of episodes in the next coming weeks of our travels around the south of Spain so just to let you know what to expect my god summer is drawing to a close it's nearly September Where has the summer gone? Wherever you're listening from, I hope you've uh, had a great summer. And I hope when in Spain has been uh, something of a companion during your travels, wherever you've been uh, on holiday uh, around the world. And if you're new to this podcast, don't forget that When in Spain, uh, if you didn't know, has a presence on all of the usual social media hangouts. If you do enjoy the podcast, then I would suggest it's really worth joining the When in Spain Facebook group, which you can join totally for free, of course. And it's a good place to socialize with other When in Spain uh, members. It's a place for you to share any questions, any content, photos, anything that you love about Spain. That's the place to do it. We're also on Instagram, where I've been sharing lots of uh, photos recently of our travels down in the south of Spain. So if you like photography and you'd like to uh, put something visual to the audio uh, then that's the place to go and do that also on twitter if you'd like to tweet me and follow us on there and if you'd like to get in touch with me directly with any questions or any feedback about the podcast or anything about spain at all really uh, feel free to send me an email to when in spain one that's the number one when in spain one at outlook when in Spain one at outlook.com and don't forget if you really enjoy the show please 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 consider heading across to patreon.com when in Spain patreon.com please consider making a very small donation whatever it is it all adds up and it all helps me uh, keep the when in Spain podcast going So we'll leave it there until next time we speak uh, when I'll be back in Madrid and I'll be putting together the episodes about, uh, well, our travels down here where we are now. Confused? Yeah, I am. Until then, thanks for listening and have a fantastic week. Hasta luego.